My brothers and sisters in the Lord, there is an old legend about three men. And each of these men were carrying two sacks, one tied to their neck that hung in front of them, and the other one resting on their back. And the first man was asked why was he carrying these two sacks. And he said that in the sack that was on his back contained all the blessings that he had received, all the good things that had come in his life, all the ways that God had provided for him. But he said in the sack in the front, was where he kept all of his burdens. All the things that didn't seem to go right in life, all his problems and trials, that was in the front sack. And every once in a while, he would like to stop and open that sack in the front and look at all of his burdens and all of his trials and be depressed and be in his pity party. And he said during the journey, that would often slow him down because that was what he was focused on. The second man was asked the same question and he gave a little different answer. He said for him, the sack on his back was the sack that contained all of his burdens, all the things in life that discouraged him, all of his problems and trials, while the sack on the front was the sack that contained all his blessings, all the way that God had provided for him. And he would often take those items out of his sack and admire them and share that good news with others. But he admitted that because of the sack on his back, he was often slowed down because he was carrying that great weight. And finally, the third man in the legend was asked the same question, and he gave a slightly different answer than the second man. He said he too, in the sack that was hanging from his neck in the front, that was his blessings, all the ways that God had provided. And because he was able to see those blessings and because they hung from his neck, it provided him with a forward motion going in to the future. And when he was asked about the sack on his back, he said that sack is actually empty. He said, many years ago, I used to carry all of those burdens and all of those trials and all those tribulations in that sack like that second man. But then God told me one day, cut a hole at the bottom of that sack. And when it goes in, allow it to go out. You see, my brothers and sisters, that little legend provides us an excellent story on this first Sunday of the new year and how we live our lives. And it also provides an excellent example as we celebrate this solemnity of the epiphany of the Lord, the manifestation of God to the world. You see, my brothers and sisters, in that manifestation of God to the world, do we truly believe that God is in control? Do we truly believe that God is going to provide? Do we truly focus on our blessings and do we allow God to handle our burdens? our problems, our trials, our tribulations, and allow them to go in and then to go out? Or are you and I still carrying all of those things around with us? And I know people who are carrying things around with them for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years, and it just keeps becoming heavier and heavier and heavier. But you see, my brothers and sisters, 
On this feast day of the Epiphany, we remember the Magi journeying and following that star to Bethlehem to find the newborn king of the Jews, the Christ child, the Messiah, the one who redeems us. And you see, my brothers and sisters, that's why we hear in the prophet Isaiah that wonderful line, Arise, shine, your light is come. Light, my brothers and sisters, is a beautiful image for today's feast day. Because the wise men followed the light of the star. Just as we hear in that famous carol, O star of wonder, star of night, star with world beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. And the perfect light, my brothers and sisters, is the light of Christ. In Scripture, Jesus refers to himself as the light. In Scripture, we are called to be a light to the world and not place our light under a bushel basket or under a bed, but on a lampstand so that the whole house may be lit. And we are reminded, my brothers and sisters, that the light we give off, give off is not your light or my light. It's the light of Christ. It's the light of the Spirit moving in us. We're just like our Blessed Mother. That's why the image of the moon is often used for Mary, because remember, when you see the moon at night, the moon does not provide its own light. When you see the moon at night, it is reflecting the light of the sun. My brothers and sisters, that's what we're called to do, is to reflect the light of Jesus. This beautiful image of light as we too travel to Bethlehem, as we too travel to the stable, as we too, too travel to adore the Christ child and bring all of our gifts it may not be gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but all the blessings we have received and to lay them there before Jesus along with our burdens. To thank God for all the ways that he has provided and have asked for him to continue to lead us and guide us along the way. The beautiful image of light. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, a world in darkness is a world without the light of Christ. A world in darkness is a world without the light of Christ shining in it. And oftentimes, our brothers and sisters, we live in a world of darkness. We live in a world with the absence of light. He who is the true light, the perfect light. I was reading this little sto short story. And in the short story, it was about these archaeologists. And these archaeologists were way in the future. And so they were excavating the remains of New York City. And they were on, I forget if it was Madison Avenue or Fifth Avenue, but they were ex excavating these remains. And as they were excavating the remains, they found a chest. And in this chest were reels of TV commercials from our times and a little before our time. And so they excavated these TV commercials. They had to figure out how to play them because it was in a format that they didn't use anymore. And they finally were able to play them. And so they were watching one of the commercials. Some of you may remember this commercial from years ago. The commercial had three women. And they said to themselves, look at these three women. They're in some kind of store, some kind of place. And all these three women gather around this large display. And they begin to pick up these white rolls that are very soft. And they begin to squeeze them. 
And then all of a sudden, a gentleman comes in a white uniform, and the archaeologist said, oh, that must be a policeman or something, some kind of a guard. And he comes over to these three women, and he says, do not squeeze the charmin. And they say to him, if you remember the commercial, oh, Mr. Whipple, the charmin is so soft, we just have to squeeze it. And then he begins to squeeze the charmin. And they say towards the end of the short story, if we only knew what the Charmin was, we'd be able to figure out this people and their culture and what they believed. My brothers and sisters, we live in a world that oftentimes is going down the toilet. We're squeezing the Charmin because we have eliminated the light of Christ. We have removed God from our government, we've removed God from our classrooms, we remove God from our public square, we remove God from our everyday life. And because of that, my brothers and sisters, we live in a time of darkness. But even all the darkness that may surround us, you and I are called to bring the light of Jesus into the world. Because a world that is filled with light is a world that is filled with the presence of Christ. That is why, my brothers and sisters, in so many stories that you read, especially years ago when people were navigating on the open waters before all the modern technology, what did they use to find their way? The stars. What did they use in order not to hit the land? The lighthouse. And oftentimes you'd hear stories of ships getting wrecked or getting lost at sea because the weather was such that they couldn't find the star to guide them. They couldn't see the light of the lighthouse because that light, my brothers and sisters, provided for them a direction. That's what Jesus does in our life. He provides a direction. He provides a way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, my brothers and sisters, that's what we celebrate because one of the definitions for light if you look it up in the dictionary, and there are several definitions and several scientific definitions, but one of the simple definitions is that light is something that makes vision possible. Light is something that makes vision possible. Without light, if we're living in darkness, you can't see. The light of Christ makes true spiritual vision possible. My brothers and sisters, as we celebrate this wonderful feast of the Epiphany, do we truly allow the light of Christ to change our life? And if we do, my brothers and sisters, can we only imagine what our life will be like? Can we only imagine what it will be like at the second epiphany, the second coming, when we stand in the presence of God? It's like that popular Christian hymn, I can only imagine. Some of you may have heard it. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing alleluia? Will I be ever to speak at all? I can only imagine. My brothers and sisters, we can only imagine what it's going to be like when we stand before Jesus, the true light of the world. But as we continue this Christian journey, may the light of Christ that continues to shine be reflected through you and through me. And in those words of the prophet Isaiah, 
Arise and shine, for your light is come.